Hello, everyone. It's been a while since I've done a podcast. But today I want to cover advertising billionaires, email marketing, why Facebook sucks, and with post-concussive syndrome, why I continue to persevere in business unceasingly. That and more. And I'm hoping I can hold this conversation with you today. Yeah, I'm pretty confident I can. Uh, this is uh, In the Pursuit. I'm David Pearson. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to the program. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I've really got to come up and uh, be face-to-face with you. The, a lot has gone on since I have really done my last official um, Into Pursuit podcast. And I'm doing it today, one, because I haven't done it for so long. I have been scared, worried, and still excited to do this, but um, I, I just been keep on kicking myself in the butt. Another thing there, I had made some promises to my clients in the home improvement industry that I'm going to be doing a certain project for them at no extra cost because right now I'm in the middle of transitioning every one of my clients' websites from the hosting environment that I have uh, with GoDaddy uh, through their um, VPN servers over VP, VPS, not VPN, I'm sorry, VPS servers, virtual private server, um, and I'm paying for the business hosting packages over there with them, which is not cheap, and I'm transitioning them over to Google servers, which is uh, faster, uh, the company that I'm going through is uh, a little bit more reasonable and excellent to work with. Um, I've been noticing a lot of bugs with GoDaddy, and GoDaddy's been getting slower and slower and slower, and especially for the amount of money that I've been paying them. I had to make the transition, especially when I can jump onto another company and pay them a little bit less and get much better customer service and much faster, much, much faster uh, hosting environments. One of the big change to that also is not just on the technology, but Google has um, brought out what is called as uh, Core Web Vitals. Um, and part of making, to meet Google's new requirements of their Core Web Vitals in order to rank, sometimes you got to change technology in order to meet the demands of the hosting environments. And I'm happy to do that. Um, and because of this transition, I've taken on quite a hefty challenge. It has been overwhelming and overbearing on that, especially for someone um, like me who uh, has post-concussive syndrome or where the specialist had uh, declared it is minor traumatic brain injury. And I still suffer from the repercussions. One of the things that, um, that I will share with you on that is that I have been struggling with that. It is highly stressful because I've taken on a bigger project than what I have anticipated for all my clients, and I'm not making any more money for them. One, this is to um, keep them satisfied. Two, to get them more customers. Three, to keep them as customers. 
to keep my clients as customers. My business cannot survive without paying clients. And these guys cannot survive without paying customers. So I'm doing everything in my power that I can to keep uh, revenue generating for them. So that way they can keep revenue generating for me. I'm not rich. I'm not making a uh, ton load of money. Um, I'm doing what I can to get by. And uh, I have seen the ups and downs of businesses. Uh, I got to have a staff. I got to not have a staff. And um, now everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people are working from their homes now because of the uh, um, the situations of uh, some of uh, an unnamed virus, uh, just to respect the uh, algorithms of the streaming services um, in the past uh, 2020 and we're continuing it on to 2021. But business goes on, life goes on. Uh, you have to support a family and you cannot let things hold uh, hold you back. Um, and so I choose to persevere, especially when my head is giving me issues through high stressful times like this, especially with the big projects. It's the stress takes a toll on my brain. And when it does, sometimes I sit there and I don't do things for probably like 30 minutes or an hour if the stress is way too high. And so I got to make sure things keep coming on down and I continue exercise as necessary and need it, which means I'm practically doing it every day. Um, I'm doing it Monday through Friday exercising. Sometimes I'll do it six days a week um, and not just five. And it helps uh, keep things flowing along with uh, proper nutrition and vitamins. Uh, the last real broadcast that I've done was back on Thanksgiving Day, questioning if you should be thankful for Thanksgiving. But I'm not going to worry about that, talking about that. That's just how long it is. And today is Saturday, March 13th. That's how long it's been since I have came back on to do a podcast. Now, jumping on to the next part, uh, this last week has been very interesting. I've had the... <laughs> I didn't realize who gave me a call on my phone. I'm trying to work on my projects. I'm starting to fall behind on them uh, from the deadline that I set myself, but it's okay. Deadlines are still good, um, even if you have your own business. Uh, so that way you can still keep things moving and set proper expectations to your customers. But I got a phone call a couple weeks ago, and um, this gentleman starts talking to me. And he starts naming names. He says what company he's with. And uh, I'm listening and he tells me how many businesses they own. It's not quite clicking with me. And uh, he starts to name a person. He calls them Mr. So-and-so. I'm not going to, out of respect, I'm not going to tell you their name just yet. Maybe one day I'll come on out and, and say the name. But as of right now, uh, I'm not going to say the name of either one of these gentlemen. Uh, one of them is definitely a very well-known name. And uh, he said, I'm setting up an appointment or appointments checking out companies. We need to get an email marketing campaign set up for our customers. And these are, um, they want to do a business-to-business -business email campaign and to try to get people to uh, order lunch and um, uh, to try to order lunch from uh, their uh, fast food uh, restaurant that they had started on up, which is very high tech and very interesting. They're, they're trying to do it with health in mind 
and um, they made some interesting changes. I need to go back there. It's been a couple of years since I've eaten at this place. Uh, one of the main reasons why I haven't been there in a couple of years is mainly because of, well, uh, the pandemic that broke on out and um, they're not necessarily close to me. So um, I've been staying within the general area for shopping, eating, and so forth. But we're in Nebraska. We're we're more free than more, most states right now uh, when it comes to business and going on out. This is just things as to what I choose to, to do right now. Um, pretty much stay uh, local most of the time. Um, so we're not completely isolated from this incident. But any anyone that is, I feel for you. Um, we were like that for a good few months. But anyhow, they're talking to me about business to business emails. They want to, um, they want businesses to order lunch and so they can deliver. And, uh, I found that other businesses, um, do offer the same things that they do, but they use the keyword of catering and it's not necessarily catering where, Hey, you go there and you have people staffing a whole event and let them serve people at this event right here. Um, that's what catering is for too. But, uh, these uh, other restaurant chains and fast food chains is like like yeah yeah we do cater we'll come drop off the food we'll put in the room that you want it and then we'll head on out you do the rest um that's what it is and so uh um i found that word there did a little bit of research and uh um anyways i i went off to explain about the email campaign I left the gentleman that gave me a call. I will call him Mr. Mr. H. Okay. Mr. H is who uh, gave me a call. And he gave me a call on behalf of Mr. R. Now, Mr. H um, explained to me about their business side, what they're doing with the email campaigns, where they wanted to go, and they needed help. I made it absolutely clear that my agency is small and we don't focus on email campaigns. It's not that we can't do it. It's not that I haven't done email marketing campaigns before. I have, and I've I've uh, even helped uh, um, a multi-billion dollar enterprise uh, with their email campaigns and really help things improve with it in a short period of time. I even helped the same company with uh, their coupon uh, planning and strategies, especially in coupon tracking for the digital market. The The funny thing is, is that they could track paper coupons when the, when the paper coupons they mail out and how many of those paper coupons have been returned to the store and they do it through the cashier system. They never set up a proper tracking mechanism for digital coupons that were ran through their website. I helped them Bell to get that set on up. I worked with their um, cashier engineers um, or their tech people, and uh, we were able to get appropriate data and appropriate plans in place to be able to pull that coupon information um, out for them. And so that was a fun time that I had with that. So this experience I've had with those coupons and the experience I've had with them uh, doing the uh, email marketing campaign, I'm a numbers guy. I love to see things go on up. Not only am I a numbers guy, I love to interact with people. I absolutely love people. Uh, the degree, I, I have a double bachelor's. Um, I don't know if I ever mentioned that before, but um, the the first part of my bachelor's is in communication of public relations. The second part of my bachelor's is in communication of advertising. And with that combined uh, efforts, I got to take courses in business, 
courses in advertising, courses in public relations, journalism. I even got to write articles and uh, do radio before um, testing out different fields and areas, um, even testing out uh, television to see if that would be the proper place for me to go. And since I was 14 years old, a school teacher, Mrs. Alfrey, had encouraged me to do website development. Uh, back before a whole bunch of coding languages came on up, I did that. I left that for a little bit, and then I realized as to how vital my education was to the online world. I even tried starting my own newspaper. And uh, by the time, I will say I did get a small taste of success from that. We were hearing our local radio station read articles off. No, I wasn't advertising to them, but they're reading off stories that I was publishing on. Uh, it could have been easily been by other people, but every time my wife and I listened to uh, the radio talk show in the local area, or local uh, radio talk show host start referencing thing articles and things from my site, even though he didn't say it, we were suspecting that he was pulling it from because things were just matching up with things that I was publishing. In addition for that, um, after uh, writing articles and running this website for over a year, uh, I started seeing 1,400 on up visitors per day. There was a problem, though, with that. Um, I would have a person or two who would come on board to join in with me on that and they would leave. So it was mostly me most of the time. And by the time I was seeing those numbers just come on in, I was burned right. And, um, it was a nice small taste of success. And I let that uh, newspaper go on down. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a newspaper. It was a digital paper per se. And, uh, it was in the market when it was really hot. Um, a bunch of random uh, digital uh, journalists came up starting their own sites. Um, and uh, they some of them really took off and some of them failed. I was one of the failures on that, but that's okay. Um, but anyways, I'm just outing off uh, my experiences on that. Um, because Mr. H, who gave me a call, I hung up the phone with him. And this is after I told him, it's like, you know, we, we only in my business right now, we're a small agency and we only focus on uh, a few areas. We focus on websites, search engine optimization and paid search advertising. We focus on those three areas because, uh, because of how small our agency is and we're trying to keep things running smoothly for our customers and we're real profitable that way. But I wanted to give him an opportunity. I heard him out as to what the strategy was, which I explained to you before. They went to do business to business emails and they already uh, had over 2000 emails um, from businesses within, I believe a five mile radius from where their restaurant was at. And this is a new, new concept that's been around for a few years and they wanted to grow and expand it and go all in on it. And, um, so I told him I was, I was honest with him, told him we only cover that. Um, let me look at this some more and I will tell you if I feel, if I feel like I could do it, I will tell you if I don't think I could do it, I will tell you. And, um, let's go from there. And he, he accepted that answer. 
uh, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to get back to him until the next day or two. I got back to him in the next few hours. And what really motivated me on doing that is that, uh, I was uh, looking through some old notes, looking through some old photos, and I was looking through some photos of my children back from when we lived in uh, North Carolina. And um, among those pictures, I took pictures of three whiteboards, whiteboards that I wrote on. Uh, it's it's real funny that day when I was at the office, and this is the... Um, this is the enterprise I was working at and I was doing the digital coupons and email marketing campaign for them. Um, my computer, I, their, their whole system, their whole security system. If you're a consultant for them, they have you on a timed basis. If you don't renew that time basis, uh, in their security systems, you you get locked out of their computers and you really can't do any work. Well, I personally, as a consultant there, I couldn't renew that authorization myself that always had to came from the uh, marketing manager. And uh, so I would work with the marketing manager a lot. She forgot to resubmit uh, my account um, to the IT department to keep me on board on the computer. And so one day I was at the office, the computer didn't work. Um, at times before they sent me home, they said, well, you can't work, you can't do anything. And uh, when I sat there, I decided not to go home that time I uh, pulled out my phone and I decided to do a bunch of research like you know this is an opportunity I'm running their email campaigns I'm running their coupon campaigns or coupons was taken off just fine I was struggling a little bit with their email campaigns it's like okay they they want to see this how can I make the turnaround what is being done wrong and I was running off of a plan that the previous, um, a previous employee of theirs that did it on there, but they made expectations of her and my discovery, she, she gave them phenomenal numbers and she said, Hey, I met your goals and demands. When I went and looked at the numbers, the numbers were fabricated. What she had on reports comparable to what was being reported from the databases did not match. She reported much higher numbers to the managers than what was on the databases and what was being recorded. I know she's not the only uh, employee of a business to fabricate numbers. It's a common thing for people to do. Not something that I encourage. Something that I um, was raised with was to have integrity. And it doesn't mean that I'm perfect at it, but... Um, you got to tell the truth and face the consequences and better to do that and get things resolved right from the get-go than you do build a mountain of lies that you eventually got to keep reminding yourself of and um, got to go back and try to recall things on that. Um, so when I report these numbers, management was very upset and these guys were pretty close to the um, executives of the business and, um, and the board members. They were pretty upset, uh, and not only upset with her, but they were upset with me for reporting these numbers. And um, it wasn't, I didn't report these numbers out of spite or anything. It's just that it was my job, and I told them the truth. And so I took the heat, even though it wasn't my fault. All right. Done with that story. Back there. So the one day that I was locked out of my computer, which was probably a blessing from God, I pulled out my mobile phone, and I gathered up the whiteboards that was available in the department. 
And as I was looking through, I was doing email marketing research, reading articles, seeing what other people's strategies are, seeing what uh, some ideas are on there. And I started putting together a pattern. So I wrote these things down on three whiteboards worth. And uh, I took pictures of them, but I kept the whiteboards. After I did that, I arranged a meeting with the vice president of marketing. And um, because of the disappointing numbers and they, because of this disappointing numbers, they were also looking at moving me on. I already showed them, let's redesign the email this way. So I gave them a proposal on that. They accepted that. And then when I sat down with him with, and I brought in all my whiteboards and I showed him the whole map right there. It's like, if we were to follow some of these patterns that I laid out here, we can probably make the turnaround right there. It's like, here's the things that is recommended by your professionals that works in email marketing campaigns. And here is what you guys have been doing and what the plan has and what the plan that I've been following here that's been set out by um, the employee here before me. This has not been working. So let's go by with what the experts are saying and let's beat the system. And so they're like, okay, great. They loved it. Uh, just like any other business. We did it. We took it on board. I got to go ahead uh, the next day. I was back in the system and I was on the computer. I got to redesign the email campaign and not just redesign it there, but re-strategize the plans to it. And lo and behold, the open rate of the emails increased, the click-through rates and the interactions of the emails with buttons and images increased, the viewership of these emails increased, if viewership of emails increased, that told me that some of these emails were getting stuck in spam somewhere because there's rules you need to follow in uh, email marketing. And some of those rules were not being followed by this multi-billion dollar enterprise. Um, you'll be amazed if you, okay, real quick. If you think that multi-billionaires have a perfect system down for running things, you're kidding yourself absolutely kidding yourself it is not true not true at all i've seen it firsthand by working for these people i've seen it firsthand by even meeting with these people so i'm looking at these notes right there i remembering that story it is completely awesome because for someone like me to remember something like that there it can be um a, a dart in a long shot but i have no doubt God is with me and God guides me through these things. I saw these notes the night before. Going back to Mr. H. After I looked through these notes, <laughs> these, these old pictures I had from uh, several years ago, um, I emailed Mr. H a few hours later because I took that as inspiration from God. I saw the pictures the night before my notes, my Thought about the experience I had with this multi-billion dollar enterprise. And the next day, Mr. H gives me a call, tells me who they are. And I'm learning, wow, these guys are big deals. And he's inviting me to meet with, to be in a room with a multi-billionaire himself. I never sat in the same room as a multi-billionaire, actually. I'm holding a lot of pride to that. But I can definitely tell you this. They are human. They are human. Um, so... Mr. I, I, I uh, email Mr. H. He says that he will arrange a meeting with uh, Mr. R. Asked me some available times. I gave him some available times. And uh, we went off to go and do the meeting. 
I designed an email for them. I was putting a lot of thought process for this and I used a keyword catering. Excuse me. I did that because I looked at other fast food chains such as Chick-fil-A, such as In-N-Out, Burger King, McDonald's, doing compare and contrast and seeing which, it's not just these businesses, but which businesses would fit this one restaurant best because they're all going down the same lines, but then yet this one restaurant had their own unique challenges. But the problem that I saw when they sent me a sample email campaign to work off of and to do research off of, I saw that they were trying to reinvent the wheel and not just reinvent the wheel, but use trickery in the language to get people to open up the emails. Here's the thing. When you're running advertising, you can get results when you tell the truth, when you tell the people what you're doing with it. And if you want to throw in a cell, throw in a cell, just as long as you're telling them the truth. People don't like gimmicks. People are tired of gimmicks. And when you're advertising online, especially with email marketing, they're going to be skimming on through these emails really fast. And you got to catch their attention right from the get-go. There are rules, as I mentioned before, that needs to be followed, not just to bypass technological filtering systems, but to grab people's attention. And one of them is tell them the truth from the get-go. You're a business, talk to your customer, tell them the truth. It doesn't take anything else necessarily psychologically um, advanced to convince someone to buy food from you. People love food. If they like what you're serving, they're going to buy from you. If they, if they see an image of food that looks appetizing, they're going to buy from you because they are eating with their eyes. But if they see an image that does not look so appetizing, that looks sad and depressed, or maybe if the image of like, let's say it's like cheeseburgers, if it's not big, but small right there, you see a small picture of it, people are not going to buy from you. But if they see a big picture that just shows like some sauce dripping off the side, guess what? You are allowing people to eat with your eyes and they will salivate over it. So you're telling them, I have some good food. Let's advertise that. These guys were doing everything wrong and they thought that they can change the rules of email marketing because it is business to business email instead of business to consumer emails. The same rules for business to consumer email marketing applies to business to business. The language must stay the same. I'm saying that um, mainly because I pull a lot of data from Google. And Google has a plethora of information. Now, the Google will not allow me to see uh, what, who is who that is looking at websites, who is who that is doing searches, but they will share data with me as to here are people that are running search results. Here are keywords that are important to them. Here are phrases that are important to them. And then I can take that information and apply to advertising material. People are wired in a certain way in the head. So if you understand how the user works in the head, you communicate that same language to them. Do not try to reinvent the wheel if you do, and you're getting someone skimming through email marketing campaigns really fast. If you're not catering to how they are wired in the head, they're going to skip right over your email 
In fact, if they see it, they're probably going to look at it as spam and unsubscribe you. That's the reality of it. So rule number one in my advice with these things is definitely tell the truth. Now, here I am. Um, I wasn't able to convey all this message with them. I did go and meet with Mr. H. And he introduced me to Mr. R, who is the, that I'm assuming the main shareholder, very recognizable. Um, one of the, I will, I'm going to assume only based upon my research and knowing the type of businesses he has been involved with before, this man's a multi-billionaire and he has many, many, many more years experience than me on this, but it doesn't, well, not, not in email marketing, but in, in life. And, um, this man knows how to make money. He seems growing up, seeing him on television commercials. Jeez, he seems like a nice guy, but definitely knows what he wants. And when I went and got to meet him, he was definitely down to earth. I, I, everything that I'm conveying to you, I wasn't able to convey to them. And that was the, that was a disappointing thing on my part is that having post dealing with post-concussive syndrome, it's now been over three years. My three year anniversary was in January since I got the post-concussive syndrome, also known as minor traumatic brain injury. Um, if I am struggling, if I'm stressed, sometimes that weighs a heavy burden on me. And I feel like that I really have to put my full faith and trust in God to help make up the rest on that. Because if I am struggling to make deals, it's it feels like it's impossible to make a new deal. Um, like I said, I'm not I'm not rich. We're barely getting by. We're barely paying our bills. Um, we're living. We are living paycheck to paycheck, even though I'm having my own business, having your own business doesn't necessarily mean you're making it. There was at one point where we did taste a lot of success in this company, and then we did have a drop-off point, but I'm persevering though. And right now, I am caring about my family, taking care of them, making sure that I can keep a roof over their head and food on the table. So... My experience was sitting down with Mr. H and Mr. R is is interesting. Um, and I enjoyed the meeting. I don't know if they enjoyed me as much. Um, There's a part of me that uh, told me to keep it short intentionally. My goal was to keep it a half hour. Uh, I was told not to... Of course, when you're told doing these meetings right here, if you get people talking, asking questions all the time, the meeting's good. These guys had asked some questions and then the meeting stopped and I had nothing else to present them. I did not go in with a presentation, but I went in with a drawing of an email of what their email campaign could look like and a strategy behind that. And I just plainly told them, if you were to change these few things right there, cut back on your wording, change a few things on here, um, such as drawing a button on an image and uh, 
not just drawing a button on an image. Well, if you draw a button on an image, it can help uh, teach people, not teach people, but uh, it'll click to the person rather quickly when they see that image. First thing when they pop up the email saying, hey, you can click on me. It's an action and you have a call to action at email. Um, not just that there, but you can advertise additional products and services below that image right there. So I just showed him a quick, simple email on doing that. And Mr. H found it, the way that he was acting, it acted, the way that he uh, reacted off of that, he found it to be unbelievable. Like just drawing an image, a button on an image can make a difference. Like, yeah, it can. Um, and I didn't show them any data. I haven't ran any uh, email marketing campaigns for a long while. But um, I wanted to show them. So I didn't have data to present to them on that day. But I do have data now. And I'm going to get to that. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm talking to you before I'm going to present that data to them. And they're not expecting this either. But that's okay. Um Right now, I am on my computer. I am telling you this now because uh, I was trying to open while talking to you, but I am not a good multitasker anymore. And so I have to focus on one thing at a time. I want to open up that email for you. And I am going to do a cutoff here of that email. Not necessarily cut off. Uh, I am going to get rid of the header first. And I'm going to do that because I don't want to show you per se as to who this is. Like I like I said, um, until we get things solid, until I feel more comfortable about mentioning who these people are. I am going to uh, work things uh, this way for now. But uh, you will get to see... My business side of things. And there's one more part that I'm going to be taking off on here. I am just, uh, Geez, Dave. Yeah. Hey, this is a great time to actually do this. You uh, come on here and you take everything off. Oh my goodness. Really? I am taking off some recognizable uh, things on here. Um, and then I'm going to be showing you here. And uh, if you're listening in, I apologize. If you're watching, this is going to be uh, worth it. So please, please, please hang in there with me. Okay. And we will have this resolved just fine. Okay. So the email is not necessarily going to look so pretty. And now because I took off some recognizable things. But it has to be done. Just a couple more steps. I am now moving it to my shareable screen. And 
I am now going to be transitioning over. Let's let's look at this here. Uh, so I just went ahead and opened up uh, directly in Illustrator um, the email campaign, the sample email campaign. And I put the objective up there, eat with your eyes. And uh, I took their logo off, but these guys, uh, they serve uh, um, bison meat um, as part of their... Uh, as part of their um, restaurant. And this is the, the main meat that they serve. They serve uh, sausages with it and they serve burgers with it. They also uh, now offer uh, various forms of salads and fries. Um, so I tried to grab one of the most recognizable images uh, from things as to what they serve. Otherwise, I would have had actually a much nicer photo on there from Photostock. Um, this is just reviewing things with my business partner. My business partner is like, you should change things on up. Sometimes I just need to just do things and just stop uh, uh, running on by uh, some people sometimes because I think the photo, photo stock uh, would have sent out the more appropriate image. Um, I took off some branding on here that was recognizable to these guys. And I'm, like I said, I'm not ready to really show them who they are. But here's the email campaign. The red line is the border. You just go and create a border like that there. You have uh, headlines. Let us cater to your next lunch or event. This is actually to speak into a subject line that is in the email services. And then, of course, you got uh, the branding slogans here. That's what it is. You show off the product. This is one, one of the most delicious things. And you put order now. And that is part of the image. And this whole thing is clickable. Uh, we cater to businesses like yours and then um, you offer additional products and you click on order now uh, you offer a sell if you want to offer to sell you don't even have to have that you can actually just have the images on there and have call to actions there so you have order now which will take them directly to a, an order page see the menu and then fries from the meeting with them it didn't sound like that uh, mr h was too impressed with this i didn't get uh, that impression from mr r he uh, listened he was also uh, asking questions and making conversations. He tried to rephrase even strongly at one point, thinking that I was missing the message or what the point of it was. And uh, as uh, Mr. R and Mr. H came to push on me strongly, I also pushed back strongly too. Um, frankly, when I was sitting in the room, I didn't care that I knew they had money. I didn't care they, that they had money. Uh, they brought me in there for um, a purpose. And that purpose was to show them what the potential of an email campaign can look like. So this is why I showed them. I showed them a design. There's definitely much more on here. Doing simple things like that, having simple call to actions. These guys had big buttons on there with a whole long phrase on the sample email. Um, the subject line is like, your, your lunch is ready. They didn't even order lunch. Here's what I have. Subject line. Gourmet bison burgers. Order now. You told them the truth of what this email campaign is about. This email campaign is gourmet bison burgers, and you're telling them to order now. As they open up the email, and if they're on their computer, which they should be at work, they're going to see the email pop up anyways and open up for them. So something tells me they have a spam issue, that things are getting lost in there with... Uh, they're tricky headlines and uh, just put half the calories um, order now and keep things simple. You keep things simple like that and everything's going to work out just fine. So that that's why I'm sharing with you. That's why I shared with them.
it's not that complicated. The meeting was only for a half hour, as I mentioned before. And so the thought ran through my head after I got home. I was excited about the meeting. And if nothing comes out from this, that's okay. I'll be fine. I I can live without that excitement. Or I, I can live without that business. But I would also really like that their business too and see what else I could do for them. Um, there's a client that I have. I wanted to see what I can do for the client there. And the thought ran through my mind that I should launch an email campaign. He just updated his uh, menu. He runs a fine dining restaurant, has an email subscriber list of over 4,000 people. Once again, I'm not going to mention this to who this is or what business this is. I'm going to show you a little bit of data here as to what uh, their email campaign strategy looks like. And then I decided to jump on in and do what I do best, make numbers jump. And uh, I go by the data and... Um, I go by the data, I go by uh, the information here, and let me re-say, let, let me say that again. I go by data, I go by numbers. I love to make things happen, and I understand how people work. And like I said, the number one rule in email marketing, you want people to open up the email and react, tell them the truth. And not just that, keep things simple. Keep it really simple for the user because people aren't stupid when they open up these emails. When they see it, your image and your call to actions should be able to convey exactly what you are looking for. Okay. Moving on. Here is an email campaign that this business owner had set up and I modeled it after him. And this email campaign was sent out over a year ago. So here we go. I'm showing you limited information. The screen that you're seeing here is a screen that you're going to be getting staying put with. Um, we have an open rate for his email campaign, 22.8% out of the over 4,000 subscribers that he has on his uh, email campaign. The, uh, your average campaign performance, 28.3, it wasn't like that before. This is, ignore that middle bar right here. Ignore that middle bar, okay? Um, mainly because this number jumped up after I launched an email campaign. The one to the right though, your peers average performance, 27.1% of an open rate of emails. So his email campaign, 22.8, your peers average performance, 27.1. Let's check out the click rate. The click rate is when people go onto the email and they click a button, a link or an image with that, it, that has a link as a result. 0.4% from that email campaign, peers average, 2.7%, 
Once again, ignore that little bar because that little bar does not apply to this campaign per se. That little bar just states what the average from the total campaign happened. This is what happened after I jumped on in and pulled my magic. Okay, and then unsubscribers uh, from this email campaign, 1.1% has unsubscribed from the email campaign. Um, and then uh, Pure's average performance is 0.3. So open rate. Uh, right down here on the bottom, of the screen you gotta look down on the way bottom like i said uh maybe i can pull that up a little bit here we go i'll offer a little bit more uh information here um, i'm just trying to keep things uh, anonymous open rate successful deliveries of the emails 4,461. 94.8 was successful deliveries above that only 1016 people opened it and out of that number only 17 people Clicked on it. 244 emails bounced. 48 people unsubscribed. That's okay. Unsubscribers as a small number, but people, people subscribe, people unsubscribe. But if you're getting results like this, 17 people out of 1,106 or 1,016 people, that is a, that is a small rate. Uh, clicks per unique opens. That is 1.7%. Total clicks, 47 clicks on the email. And the last opens, last open, wow, last open was March 2021. So people are still opening it. Um, but uh, this email campaign last uh, click was uh, March 14th, 2020. So that was the, um, the last time uh an email was open from these guys so uh, last open yeah that was just from today how incredible is that all right so now we're going from there let's check out the other one campaign benchmarks i went home after that meeting from mr h and mr r and i don't think they were completely satisfied with what i have to deliver I'm showing them these numbers. I'm going to be emailing it to them. Just saying, hey, let me show you one more thing. This is what I did after our meeting uh, to a client. Um, if my client's watching, I'm sorry. We'll talk later and more about this. Uh, but I really hope uh, really hope that it helped. Um, anyways, how's your email campaigns compared? The open rate. When I tackled this email, kept it simple, told the truth, and gave good call to actions, 34.5% of the campaign's performance. Click-through rate, at which your peers average is 27.1. Click-through rate is 13.8%. And these are unique things right there. So this instance where someone's going back and repeating things on that, anyone can do that. Uh, but these are unique users here. This campaign's performance, 13.8%. Unsubscribers for this email campaign, 0.7%. Going down a little bit more, checking out these details. Successful deliveries, 4,441 emails, 96.8% emails were successfully delivered. Out of that emails, 1,531 opened. So we still miss some people. There are people that haven't checked their emails yet. In fact, I'm seeing this number go up sometimes every hour. Uh, every day that number changes and it continually improves improves because that email was only sent out a couple days ago. 
action clicks that were taken on this email. 615 actions were taken on it. These emails, only 147. And there's that unsubscribe count. 33 people only had unsubscribed. Um, total opens. And we have people that have gone back and done total opens on these things. 3,014 clicks. Clicks per unique opens. 40.2%. That's a phenomenal number. So these are people that have opened up the email, looked at it, and taken action. Total clicks, 796 clicks. So some of them were repeat um, clicks. I'm uh, going to show you a 24-hour performance here. Things just really shot on that day, and gradually over the next few hours came down. And then the next morning and the next day, it picked up a little bit. These are phenomenal numbers. So this is what this is what I do. And uh, even though this isn't part of my business services, I've done email marketing before. I have done the research and things I have. Now now I feel like I'm interviewing uh, for you guys for work, but it, it's not the point. Um, I'm hoping you learn something from there that's not, um, I may struggle mentally, but I still push forward on succeeding. One more story I'm going to share with you. Um, so hopefully Mr. H and Mr. R, the, the big man, um, hopefully, hopefully things turn around and if not, that's okay. I build up my case made the points. I did the best that I could in that meeting as to what my head would allow me to do. And uh, I'm hoping my follow-up email will uh, help uh, close the deal. And if not, great experience. I love being around people. I don't know if I'll ever sit in a room with a multi-billionaire ever again. Uh, but um, it would not surprise me if he... No, I'm not going to say anymore. Okay. Moving on, next story. Uh, if you haven't noticed, also in the introductory video and in the description, I put hashtag Facebook sucks. There's a reason for that. Because they do. From a business perspective, they suck. Now, this isn't coming out to be argumentative with people, and I'm sure anyone who watches this, they're going to say, oh, Facebook is a free business. They could do whatever they want. True, yes. But if any other business were to practice what business policy department practices, they will be out of business. Working, using Facebook as a service, yeah, it's a free market. You can go on in there. It's great that they provide profiles. It's not so great that they know so much about you. It's great that you can connect with friends and family and from across the world and share photos and videos of experiences. It's not so great that Facebook gets to see all that too. And plus some, um, if you have an Android phone, I'm sorry. It, Facebook gets to see more. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, that's for another discussion. But working with Facebook has been a struggle. Um, I've tried I've I've tried to help clients out who have been in trouble with Facebook and uh, 
Facebook is not clear as to what the policy violations are. And, and my clients, my clients that's gone, gotten in trouble with Facebook that I'm speaking of are in the home improvement industry. They remodel homes. Uh, they uh, do bathrooms, do kitchens, do gutters, do roofing, siding, windows. They do that. And they pay me to advertise for them. Well, they do some things on their Facebook page that are highly appropriate that you expect to do. They do job postings. They do postings for special events. Hey, we're going to be here at this event right here. They do sales there. They do coupon sales. They don't necessarily pay for an ad spot right there. And then they also come to a guy like me to even run ads for them. Um, there's pages that have been turned off from a couple of these guys. And on behalf of them, I have... Um, the, the funny thing is, is that I believe I've talked about this before. This story is going to come to me on what I got to do for my business here now. But it's funny. If I look at these guys as business pages and you look at um, Facebook's good standing page, I can't remember what page it's called right there, but it'll show you a green check mark saying, hey, you're in good standing with Facebook. You can run ads. You can do everything that you need to do on here. Great. A couple of clients that's happened. But on my business management account with Facebook, I saw red check marks. They were not reported to the business, but they reported to me and say, hey, because they reported to me, let's get this thing resolved. And then Facebook uh, policy department would come on back and say, hey, review these terms right there. They have violated the term, review these terms and fix it. I reviewed the terms. I looked at the page. I'm not seeing what they violated. So I said, hey, I'm not understanding here. If you can help me understand. I've read through everything. I'm looking at it. They're running business as normal as they always had for several years. And um, they would not respond. Or they would not respond. They would not give an answer. The most common answer that I've gotten back was, this page has now been permanently banned. You can no longer run it. It's like, you guys just can't do business like this. Well, I've tried working with people there and every person I worked with there, they said, yeah, sure, we'll try to help you on out. No, none of them would give me answers. And they said, hey, we pass this on to our policy department. Policy department will not tell me anything as to what's going on. I'm sorry, you're out of luck. And I would keep on pushing it, pushing it, and pushing it with these guys getting the same answers. They can't do a thing because the policy department will not tell them what it, the violations were. Great. I've heard that they actually done that to several more companies after January 6th and they've done it to my business. Um, so here's a story as to what happened to my business here. Uh, you see, Facebook actually has business accounts and they have personal profile accounts and um, my personal profile account, and I, I will own up to this. Okay. On my personal profile account, um, uh, after what happened in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, it's not what happened on Washington, D.C., but it's how our friends and family reacted to that day. So my wife and I got annoyed by all the po posts because it literally looked like we were in a civil war of words. And Lindsay and I were not taking uh, part on, um, we're not taking part of the discussion, but we were in awe as to what everyone was saying. To, towards one another and these were people who know each other and it's like come on you guys you know better than that so january 6th was not just what happened in washington dc but how um everyone in this country and the whole world reacted on social 
oh, excuse me, social media. Um, it looked like it, most people about, I'm going to guess, rough guess, not real numbers, 80% was out to slit some throats. Um, that's how bad that day was. A few days later, my account, uh, so on that day, um, Lindsay and I decided to combine our accounts and these are our personal profile accounts, not the business side. And when we did that uh, a few days later, um, my uh, business account was immediately shut down. Facebook did not have a reason on there except that they were asking for identification. Well, I went to go and send my ID to them every time. They said, we cannot uh, validate your ID. It was my state ID. I sent them a clear picture, small picture, large picture, um, everything just clear. I'm not going to show you the picture of the license I sent them. It's like an official state, Nebraska state ID I sent to them. Every time they said, uh, this isn't a valid ID, not a valid ID, not a valid ID. Are you kidding me? I finally, I couldn't get their mar their business advisors or my immediate advisor on the phone for a few weeks. She wouldn't answer. And then finally, I started getting emails like, hey, let's start getting your campaigns going again. There's a problem. And I tried to reach out to you about that. So if I can get some help, I, I was nicer than that. She got me in touch with support and support came on back and they said, I, I, I told him, I was like, Hey, you know, I think you guys locked me out of my account mainly because, um, my wife and I combined our accounts. Uh, I added her name to my name and we were just going to go ahead and share that account. Um, I think that's probably why my business account was shut off. I didn't realize that they were linked together, which they shouldn't have been. Um, but, um, uh, it's like, I, I apologize. Can you help me get back up? It's like, well, that that's, okay. you know, mistakes happen, but unfortunately you have to wait the 60 days. I heard that from two people at Facebook. You have to wait 60 days to change your name back. That great. Well, 60 days was yesterday and I got to change my name back today. And I did that. And when I did that, I went back to uh, the Facebook help center titled request review of restricted uh, business account. And well, I, I better show you, this is what I got. Identity com confirmation failed. I didn't give me an option to send them an ID this time. Below that, your access can't be reinstated because too much time has passed since we restricted your account. Oh, man. Facebook. One, they will act like they have customer service. And those people, the people that talk to you on the phone at Facebook are friendly people. They're good people. I've talked with a few of them. I have not had a bad advisor. In fact, my very first one, I liked the best. Um, first one or second one? Oh my goodness. I have her name in my emails. I can't think of it right now. Uh, but she was the best. Very enthusiastic. Loved talking with her and going over the ads. And, and we worked with stuff before. And I don't have her now. I have uh, some other guy, but he's still incredibly nice. And uh, I, I told these guys, hey, you know, I think I messed on up. They, they tried to reach out to support. Um, I, I reached out to my uh, newer advisor today. I don't think he's going to be able to do anything because once in this thing gets to Facebook policy, it's like, done deal. We throw the ax down. Well, what's the reason? Can I fix it? 
Reason. Reason. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he wants to know why he was penalized and why things were shut off. We can't tell you that. That's confidential, buddy. You just got to suck it in and live life. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, there are agencies that actually make a living off of Facebook. Thank goodness. Thank goodness it, it was only small bits that I was making off of running Facebook ads. The majority of my money goes through Google ads and Google is phenomenal to work with. I love working with Google. But when it comes to Facebook, I love working with their uh, the people that I'm able to speak with. They're all great people, but they all give me back the same answer. They can't do anything about it because they're on the bottom of the totem pole. There are people at Facebook running the business in a way that shouldn't be ran. If you walk into... Uh, a grocery store and let's say you accidentally knocked an item off the shelf the store manager sees you and he comes and picks up the item and you you unnoticeably knock the item off the shelf okay let's change it that way you unnoticeably knock the item off the shelf it was a glass jar okay let's step it up there of salsa it broke got on the floor the store manager comes on up he brings a sign on up, uh, cautioning people that it slips, and he looks right at you. He's like, leave your basket right there and get the hell out of my store. What business will survive with customer service like that? That's exactly how Facebook treats its businesses. That's exactly the treatment that I have seen Facebook give my clients. And that's the exact treatment that I've seen Facebook give to me. So how in the hell are they still in business? Because no other store will be in business with attitudes like that. I apologize for being... Uh, tough and strong on that one, but that is the truth. I'm not involved with politics with my business. My clients are not involved with politics with business. We are all out there to make a living for our families. Some make better livings than others. And Facebook had provided a system for us to reach out in branding that turned out to actually work out in some ways and in other ways didn't. And Facebook does not have true customer service down pat. It goes along with the cancel culture. It goes along with politics. You shouldn't silence anyone. That, that's a whole different discussion right there. I'm talking about Facebook from a business perspective. Facebook one day... You, you're eating your own right now. I know that. You are. And you're eating it with ketchup, mustard, fine seasoning, some of the best delicious seasoning, and uh, caviar on some crackers, too. I, I know you're enjoying it, but one day you're going to eat it so much, you're not going to have any more money to be in business. One day it will run out. And when that happens, you're going to be playing the victim and wondering how did this ever happen. Hey, I just want to say everyone is in business. If you struggle, 
with um, mental disorders. Mine, not really much of a disorder. Mine's just more of a recovery from a car accident. And I'm thinking you're seeing me at one of my sharpest points, which I'm, I'm very happy to share with you right now. Keep, keep persevering. Keep pressing forward. Life goes on. Even if you struggle, do not quit. I know you're going to feel like quitting at times if you haven't yet. Um, you got to keep working. You got to keep pushing forward. It's the only way to survive. And look at your diet. Look at your health. Look at your exercise. Is there things as to what you can change in your life to help with inflammation of the brain? Um, I just want to go ahead and leave that to you. Uh, leave that with you. And also put your faith in God. Uh, don't go a day without giving thanks to him and without seeking guidance and counsel from him. Thank you for joining me on this uh, day. I went through a lot and I hope you all have an excellent weekend and I look forward to seeing you again. I'm David Pearson and this is Into Pursuit.